Hey guys, I'm Brenna O'Malley. I'm a registered dietitian and creator of The Wellful, and you're listening to The Wellful Podcast, the show where we're featuring exciting and inspiring conversations with the people behind the brands that are changing the food and wellness landscape. Whether they're creating their own food company, bringing in-person connection to an online world, or building the best gym in Bermuda, these entrepreneurs and innovators are sharing their story of how they got to where they are and where they're going next. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Women in Wellness podcast. I'm really excited for this episode and I think that you're really going to enjoy it because Monica is such a wealth of information and is so encouraging and positive um, in how she shares about her own experience and story and how she encourages other people to really find their passion and stay true to themselves in their entrepreneurial or career or just life journey. So I really loved this episode and being able to chat with her. So I'm excited to share it with you. So a little bit of background on Monica. She's a PhD and founder and CEO of WellSeek, which is a creative media and brand consulting company where creativity and health meet. Monica is also the curator and editor of the WellSeek Collective, a health and wellness publication featuring health professionals who are spreading science-based truths and positivity in the health and wellness space. She is a Council of Directors member at True Health Initiative, and she started her career in biotechnology specializing in genome-based metabolic engineering and data analytics. She was a member of the academic teams that pioneered the Google Map of Human Metabolism, and she holds her PhD and MS in bioengineering and her bachelor's in bioengineering biotechnology from the University of California, San Diego. I'm excited to welcome Monica to the Women in Wellness podcast, and here's the episode. So to start off, I would love to hear a little bit about um, your early career and how you became interested in health and specifically biotechnology, which you started your career in. Yeah. So when I was 12, um, my... I had an experience um, in my personal life that really kind of changed everything for me. Um, My mom gave birth to my little sister and she went into cardiac arrest shortly after. Um, And, you know, that experience obviously was um, a very, you know, very traumatizing um, kind of experience. Um, You know, they, luckily they brought her back, but she was in a coma. Um, We didn't know if she was going to make it. Um, And luckily she, she did come back to us, but our lives were never quite the same. And, um, without getting too much into kind of the circumstances, um, you know, those complications led her to being in a wheelchair even now to this day. Um, so, so it's kind of been this, um, constant focus around health, um, and quality of life from an early age, um, that that's, it's been on my mind for a long time. And, you know, it was that constant reminder that our health can really never be taken for granted. Um, and it can be so easily taken, you know, be taken away from us just like that. So I think that was really that kind of, um, that early seed that was planted and it led me to kind of this curiosity and, and fixation, even at times around just you know, I want to better understand the way our bodies work. Um, how do you define and shape your health and well-being? Um, and that's what led me to, you know, go into the field that I chose um, as an undergrad um, at UC San Diego. Um, I studied bioengineering. Then I went on for my master's and PhD. Um, I ended up doing this. Uh, I was in this field called metabolic engineering and systems biology, which was like totally like nerdy and geeky. <laughs> 
Um, and I basically just built and played with a bunch of computer models around how our genetics and nutrition and metabolism all came about and how and understanding the interplay between them and how our health outcomes are impacted at a systems level to develop new therapeutic strategies. And I was actually really lucky that I was able to continue my research as a scientist in biotech industry with that same work. But what I noticed is, you know, like I, I really enjoyed what I was doing um, from a research and development standpoint. But at the same time, I felt just really far upstream from really helping people in their health. And I myself was just kind of exploring, you know, what does that mean? Like, what is health and wellness? So, um, I, you know, about, I guess it's a little over five years ago, I just kind of stepped away from science and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to do something differently. There has to be a different way that I can help others. Um, and I, that's how I, I very, yeah, like, that's how I became an entrepreneur. Um, I started my, my company WellSeek, um, and really with nothing else, um, but the name, I had no idea what I was going to do. I just knew, I had this feeling, I guess <laughs> I wanted, um, you know, to help people uncover what their own path of health and happiness was. So, so yeah, that's how it kind of all came about. Yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. And, and I feel like it's so interesting how, how everyone kind of comes into these different areas based on like your past experiences or things that were like important when you were growing up. So that's such an interesting lens also to kind of go more into really like the root of the science, because I think a lot of the time, at least being in like more of the nutrition world, like personally, you hear about like the studies that, that are coming out and kind of the end product of it, but not so much where that information is coming from. So that sounds really interesting to kind of be going to the, to the root of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure, you know, we can all attest to attest to the fact that, you know, whatever we do now, usually there, there is some, something, some thought, some, you know, something was planted early on that led you to that decision. I think it's just, sometimes we don't necessarily think about it. Um, and, and so, yeah, like starting this business was what really allowed me to kind of dig deep and understand like, what are the intentions behind my actions and, and why do I keep doing what I do? Yeah, definitely. And so, so you say that that is what kind of inspired you to start WellSeek. So can you talk a little bit more about what WellSeek is um, and kind of what your initial vision for it was when you were starting it? Yeah. So, I mean, now what WellSeek is, <laughs> it's, a, it's a health and wellness uh, media and brand consulting company uh, where we help health professionals um, really understand how to build their businesses in a way that connects with people who need their help the most. Um, but when I first started, I really had no idea. Um, my, really what I wanted to do was just, I, I really wanted to guide people on their own path um, to, towards health and wellness and happiness, whatever that might look like for them. So, you know, with my engineering background and understanding like metabolism and our, you know, genomics and, you know, just all of that, um, I, my initial lens kind of came from, was more of a data scientist. Um, and, you know, as an engineer, accuracy and precision, that's kind of what you're more focused around. So I was totally thinking, oh God, I'm going to build an app. You know, everyone's building an app <laughs> and cause that's all I knew. And, and when I really started to look at how people actually interacted with that information, that's when I started seeing it very differently. Um, 
my views really started to change as I began to look at all the emotional drivers that really motivate people to make their choices. And, and honestly, it even, you know, it, it really started to shift what I understood what well-being really meant. That is not just the physical, but it's about being, you know, it's the, it's your well-being from a you know mental, emotional, spiritual standpoint as well. You know, they're all connected and they impact each other. But for some reason, we kind of look at them as like these separate like completely separate entities and, you know, coming from a very, you know, sciencey data-driven background, it was such a shift to kind of view things from that perspective. Cause what I knew was, oh yeah, you know, you run experience and um, experiments in the lab where you change up like some computational parameters in your model, you can control these environments. But as humans, we don't live in a vacuum. We're constantly exposed. Like our minds are exposed um, to kind of these external environments, whether it's our friends or family or cultures Um, and you know, that's a far more powerful driver than just having a logical understanding of data and facts. So it really was kind of through that process that I, I realized, okay, I can help a lot more people if I can actually help a community of health experts connect their message with the people who need their help the most. Um, and that's really how it all kind of came about and, and, um, and now it's, you know, now it's become what it's become. Um, you know, I get to work with health experts, um, a, a lot of dietitians, <laughs> but um, also uh, health coaches and mental health professionals um, and, uh, and even some nonprofit organizations who are really just trying to trying to reach more people um, and, and really communicate why they want to help them. And, and so that's how that's really that how it all kind of developed, um, into a brand consulting and media company. Um, and, you know, started, we started sharing more resources to help them create a foundation for their brand. And then, um, yeah. And then, and then we actually started doing more online training resources for nutrition professionals. I, I think, um, you know, I, I was just attracted to working with RDs, um, specifically in the, in the beginning, because, I felt, I felt like I found my sisters in nutrition and metabolism. Like that was what I loved and you guys are, like the, you know, dietitians were the same way. Um, so that's sort of, you know, where inspired to seek, um, came about, um, when, when I first started working on that with Haley Goodrich and, um, and then kind of moving on, I ended up, um, also starting up online publication called the Wellsleep Collective. Um, it kind of evolved out of um, all the people I was connecting with over the years, um, it, you know, within our community. And, and we just, I just wanted a, a collective platform where we were really working together and, and understanding, you know, how are we going to dedicate our time um, and mental resources into helping others with their health and wellness. So yeah, that's kind of how it all came about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love like how that all kind of evolved and like makes so much sense, or at least as an outsider kind of makes so much sense, like as a logical path, you know, but I'm sure it might not have felt that way at the time. (laughs) Um, But I think whatever we're, I think there's a lot of hesitancy to, and it makes sense where it comes from, but to kind of changing careers or changing our like planned trajectory of anything that we're doing. And I think a big hesitation with that kind of comes from this feeling of needing to be so prepared or, um, versus kind of learning as you go. So how was that experience for you? Um, kind of going from 
working more specifically in bioengineering and tech and biotechnology to this entrepreneurial world? Oh gosh, you know, I, <laughs> it, it was definitely uh, a shock to the system <laughs> because I think anytime you go into something completely new and for me, it really was right. I came from a world of science. I, most of my contacts in the very beginning were in that biotech space. And, um, so, so going into a field where nobody knew me, um, was really scary, but at the same time, I really focused more on, you know, what it was that I wanted to help people with. It was that, common purpose and mission that I was able to connect with a lot of health professionals on. And, and that was that, you know, even though I didn't come from the same training background as them, it didn't matter because, because we still had those same values that, um, in which we wanted, you know, that we shared and, um, you know, nothing's ever going to prepare you perfectly. Um, but of course, you know, there is kind of a level of preparedness that needs to happen. Um, and for me, it really was about assessing, okay, what are my strengths? You know, what are the resources that I have? Um, that's kind of what gives you a basic understanding, right. Of kind of your baseline. Um, and then that's when you ask yourself, okay, well, where do you want to go? You know, what are the gaps that I need to fill in order to reach that goal? Um, and, and so that was sort of the process that I took uh, when I made the jump into something completely new. And, um, you know, there's a saying that I, I love to love to share with uh, people, which is vision without action is a dream, but action without vision, um, action without vision is a nightmare. So um, oh, I don't know if you've ever heard that, but no, I haven't. I like that. But, you know, it's so true, you know, you can sit there and kind of think about everything, but if you don't take action, it's always going to be, you know, a dream, right? Something that may, you know, it, it just seems um, like an elusive dream, but when you actually take action without having that greater sense of what you're doing it for, um, that's when you get stuck in the minutia and um, you get stuck in the weeds. But, you know, when you do have that sense of purpose and vision, that North Star is really what guides you and helps you when you're stuck in the weeds. Um, and when you feel like you can't look beyond what you're seeing directly in front of you. So, um, and it also just helps ground you as you're continuing on this journey, because, um, you know, you're going to wake up day in and day out, um, knowing that what you're trying to accomplish is bigger than you. And that's what keeps you going. Yeah. I love that. I love that quote too. That's such a, I feel like it takes a second to like digest it, but I really think that's such a good like perspective because it's not, I think sometimes it can be seen as like, either you are so prepared and like not, or like too, like too scared to be not prepared enough basically to like take that jump or step, but then versus just jumping in without any kind of readiness at all. And I feel like that's such a nice way to put it that, you know, that you're kind of a little bit of, you have both enough to support you basically. Exactly. And it is about having that like inner compass, right? Because when you are kind of stuck in the weeds, it's really hard to see uh, what you're trying to do. And, and so it's important to kind of zoom out right? And take a look. Well, what is the general direction in which I'm heading? And it's okay if I'm making these smaller mistakes in the interim, because as long as I am still learning through mistakes and the success, um, I'm still heading in the right direction. And it gives you that, you know, sense of trust, um, that, that really allows you to, to keep going. 
Definitely. So if you were looking back at what you've been able to create with WellSeek and WellSeek Collective, um, how, what would you say have been some of the most challenging and then the most rewarding parts of, of that journey so far? Ooh, um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm very emotionally invested in what I do. Um, I think that can be, you know, it's, it's great. Right. I mean, I talk about purpose and, and finding that, but a lot of that is, is very much about your passion and, um, and kind of an emotional <laughs> component to it. And I see that like, whether I'm working with clients, um, on their brand, um, or the causes, you know, advocating for causes that are really meaningful to me. Um, so, so while that is a really great driver in the work that I do, I also find it challenging because I have to be protective of my own emotional well-being. It does tend to impact and trickle into my personal life and vice versa. If there are things going on in my personal life, I can see it impacting the way I, I feel professionally. So, um, so I think, you know, that's sort of the biggest challenge for me. Um, and what I've noticed is that, you know, it's so uncomfortable. And, um, when you want to, to try to like, just kind of sit quietly with yourself. Um, I I think a lot of us find it hard to sit quietly because when you do, that's when like anxiety, (laughs) like these anxiety producing thoughts come up and like all these projections of like what can go wrong. That's when they race through your mind. Um, And so we kind of often just kind of find it easier to just, just distract ourselves by just doing more. It's like, Oh, what's the next thing? Let's just do more. Um, Keep going. Right. Cause it just gives you that sense of progress that you're moving forward and you end up numbing yourself with that busyness without really understanding what are these like uncomfortable emotions that might be settling in. But when you actually take a moment just to kind of be present with what thoughts are coming up for you, not really judging or fearing what they mean. It's so magical because oftentimes what we're doing is we're suppressing ourselves, you know, in our personal and professional life and like we're suppressing those emotions but they're just these thoughts and feelings that want to be heard. Right. So it's important to kind of set aside time to really observe and acknowledge and just kind of process the whole experience and understand, well, what are these valuable lessons that I'm learning um, as I'm going through entrepreneurship, which honestly is a, it's very much a blend of your personal and professional life. Um, and, and it's so scary because you don't know what's out there or you don't know what's going to happen. But when you do actually set, a, um, set aside that time to really listen to, to yourself and, you know, that's when you can really release that discomfort of the unknown. And, and so when you're able to kind of find a moment through that chaos to just be still and listen, that is really what allows me to find the reward in that struggle. I love, I think that's so important. And I think there's been such a heightened like interest in entrepreneurship recently as like kind of on a pedestal, like this career, because you have so much freedom and so much opportunity to do what you want. And I think it is like an amazing time and place. And we do have a lot more opportunity right now with like social media and being able to kind of, you know, work from wherever, but then there's also this added level of pressure because it kind of means that like as an entrepreneur, you are so much more, it, it can, it's so much more reflective of you or so much more pressure can be on you. So I think that's such a good, um, you know, lesson and perspective to, to be able to sit with that and kind of have more of a, like a mindful approach almost. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everything about entrepreneurship is 
a mindset game. You know, it, 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 yes, there are steps that you have to take. You, you know, you have to, you know, create like marketing plans and you have to, you know, maybe do some social media to get the word out. Like those are actions, right. That you can tasks that you can do. Um, but what is your mindset behind that? What is the intention behind that? Um, just being very purposeful, uh, with that, um, because you have to protect yourself because you are putting yourself out there in a very vulnerable way. Um, and, and, and so it is so important to really stay in tune with, you know, where, you know, what really allows you to thrive in that moment versus just kind of doing everything just because like, just because, <laughs> or because everyone is doing it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and kind of, I think it can almost become like an ego thing, kind of look inward and kind of see like what you can do, what you can do, what you need to like outsource and um, delegate and those kind of things. Absolutely. Oh my God. I can't like, when you said that, I was just like totally nodding my head because <laughs> yes, that was a huge thing. I think it's, um, it's the ability to let go. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, that's really what allows you to move forward. Otherwise you just feel like this hamster on a wheel. That's just going, going, going. Right. Um, when in reality, the only way you can move forward sometimes is just kind of understanding what are the things that no longer matter to you and just release them. And that's that way you can really divert and focus all of your energy into what makes you, um, makes you, you and, um, and really fits your strongest suit or strongest points. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like another, another thing that, that kind of goes into that, that made me think of is this, um, like the comparison trap that you can like so easily fall into, but, but by like focusing more on all of these things that you're saying, like your purpose and like, why, like why you're doing this and like your mission and message. And it sounds like that, you know, like what's your experience been with that, with like kind of the more comparison parts of, of entrepreneurship? Oh my gosh. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's hard in general, I think to, um, to not the noise because there's so much of it. Um, you know, we can talk about entrepreneurship, but you can talk about that with anything. Um, you know, I mean, for example, in the nutrition world, right. We, we've got a ton of noise out there that's <laughs> challenging you to really trust and, you know, and understanding like, well, what do you need? What do you want? What nourish your nourishes your well being? So, um, and, and it really is, um, you know, really is about taking a deeper look at what you want out of life. You know, what drives you? What are you truly passionate about that will bring change to the world and you're going to help others through it? Um, it really has, you know, it has to be something that brings you a lot of excitement um, because that's the only way you're going to be able to display a strong sense of self. Um, and that's, and that's when it's really worth your time and effort, right? Um, and because, you know, your life, in general, I mean, we can talk about entrepreneurship, but life in general, it's a long game. <laughs> um, and I, I think what happens is that people get stuck on that more superficial level of success mm -hmm. and they'll focus on money, number of followers, number of clients, um, you know, which is fine. Um, but, but when the focus is on that first, it, it's, that's when that mindset of comparison happens, right? Cause you're only thinking about it in terms of metrics. It's like these hard values that you're kind of setting yourself up to compare yourself to. Um, but, but so often when you are focused 
on helping and serving others, you're finding something that's bigger than yourself. Um, that's when you're able to, well, you're going to be able to stick with it in the long run. Right. But then you also, you, people around you will also feel that you want to help them. And that's when, that is when all those numbers actually come into play. That should be a byproduct of you focusing on helping others versus you actually just focusing on the numbers itself. So, um, so yeah, I think that's where it really helps, you know, when you do put the focus back on other people, um, it doesn't matter. Then the, the comparison doesn't, you know, it, it, it plays less into that mindset. Yeah, definitely. I think that's such a great example, like way to describe that too. So what advice do you have for someone who says, this kind of goes off of that comparison thing, but what advice do you have for someone who says like, I love your job. Like that sounds so cool. How can I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, honestly, it's, (laughs) I always share with them. You really, you know, it kind of goes back to what I just said. You have to figure out what you want out of life. Um, don't just look at what it looks like on the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, is this something that you truly value and not for the sake of looking cool or making tons of money, but really what are you trying to, who are you trying to serve and how are you trying to make a deeper impact? Um, that's the only way to, to keep going. Like I, that's really always what I, I emphasize on, right? It's about finding your true North and recognizing how you're creating value in this world. So that's what I always say, you know, it's might not be what they want to hear, <laughs> but, but it is, I mean, there's no other way, right. Of doing things unless you really want it for yourself, not just because it makes you look a certain way to other people. Right. Yeah, definitely. And so in your role now, you help like brands and individuals kind of grow their brand and with their career, who have been some of like your most influential mentors or supporters for your own career and growth? Um, let's see. I mean, honestly, I will say, you know, I haven't had a mentor who's like been with me every step of the way that hasn't happened. I am looking for one. I would love to have one. (laughs) But um, I do get the chance from time to time to connect with people who I admire. Um, So um, like Ariana Huffington, um, we've connected a few times through email and she's just such an incredibly wise um, woman um, and from a business woman, but also in just how she lives her life. Um, And she's such a force to be reckoned with and also just genuinely kind and wants to help. You know, it doesn't matter if, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm not like famous like her, right? But she doesn't, it doesn't matter. She just wants to help people. Um, and she's been so sweet also to even share out some of my work. So even having that support, you know, even if it's just like a quick share, you're like, yay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> um, and David Katz at True Health Initiative, which I'm a part of their council, um, you know, he's leading this coalition of global health experts from all different walks of life and expertise. And, you know, not everyone always agrees with all the principles and um, certain aspects, um, but he's really helped set an example, I think, of kind of no helping people understand and identify what are the underlying common values and having that be the common thread that 
pulls people together. Um, and even if not, you don't agree on every single point and that's okay. You know, as long as we're being heard <laughs> and everyone has a place at the table, that's fine. And, um, he's also been very supportive in sharing out some of my work or our, um, our work at WellSeek. So, um, so that's been really great. Um, but I think what's influenced me the most is that it's more about the amazing women, um, in my community, in our community that, that I've been able to grow with. Um, obviously Haley Goodrich, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, she's my partner with Inspired to Seek. It's been an amazing ride because I think both of our growth trajectories kind of happened in parallel. So we both recognize it's because of the support we gave to each other, per, like personally and professionally, um, always learning from each other. Um, it's, it's been wonderful. And I've just been, you know, just had such a privilege of, um, just making some incredible friends along the way, um, and grown close to a few who are just incredibly special to me. And, and that's really what keeps me going. Um, and, and obviously the energy and support of everyone else in the community that I get to collaborate with. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love, um, those are like amazing, like people to connect with, but I love, I love kind of how you describe like you and Haley as like your like similar growth trajectories. Cause I feel like that's so indicative of, I mean, I, I feel like when you're like really young, like in high school and stuff, or even like in careers, it can feel like there aren't like enough seats at the table kind of, but there, there are. And I feel like that's such a great example of that too, you know, that like that you don't need to be kind of constantly competing with these people who are also following their passions and, and growing their communities, but that like, there's room for, for everybody. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things I always love to, to tell people is that, you know, we all have a unique perspective. Um, and, and that's what makes you know, like either you've always heard like the, the whole concept of, Oh, you have to niche down or something, right. As if there's like some category in which you're supposed to be a part of. And, um, but really what, if you really think about what a niche is, it's really about your own lived experiences, both from a personal professional standpoint and what has shaped your, your viewpoints. And it's going to be unique for everyone. And, and so when you recognize that you understand that, you will influence and connect with certain types of people, um, that others won't. There might certain, there's certainly an intersection and overlap, but, um, but you yourself have something very unique to give. Um, and, and I, you know, what I always strive to help my clients with is to help them understand that. And another thing is I love reading the content that you have on the collective. <laughs> and, and I really think it's such a needed area of nutrition and health information that's coming from people who are experts and like well-researched, but it's just, it's such a more positive way of sharing of, of like promoting these messages. And I think in a time when nutrition and health and everything can be so confusing and have all of these conflicting messages, it's such a light in the, in the whole community. And I, um, always feel like I'm like sharing and referring to, to what you put out there. Um, but so as you're kind of curating these articles and like the voices that you're sharing and just kind of building up that, how are you, what are you looking for in, in creating that, that message and feeling around, around sharing that? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing out the articles and being (laughs) one of the supporters of it. Um, it always means so much to me when I hear that it, um, and you know, really it's, you know, this is, this is a collective of voices. That's for all of us. You know, I I just want to help everyone take an honest look at the way our health is impacted at a whole on all levels you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, there's, I think what's happened. Um, and I think this, this is something that everyone does, or, or it happens in all fields, but specifically around health and wellness, you know, there's kind of these predefined categories and boxes, um, that, you know, they've kind of been put into, um, and that's what humans like to do. We like to like define things, but in real life, you know, with health, there's this mind body connection, right? Everything's integrated as a whole. Um, and the way the physical, you know, the physical things that we do to our bodies, like food, you know, the food we eat or how we exercise is going to impact our minds and vice versa. Um, so being able to help people understand that this all plays into the context of surroundings is, is so important. Um, I think what's also happened is that, you know, the general public's perception of health and wellness is also about being absent of any disease or impairment. Um, and that's a very black and white view, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and that's what, you know, and what the health industry so far has kind of been hyper-focused around these numbers, um, whether it's your weight or your size or these biometric risk factors, that's what's been used to kind of define these categorical health statuses in which one is in. And, and that's, that's what really leads people to like these extreme behaviors, right? Whether it is around food or exercise. Um, the same can be said even about how we approach sleep and self-care. Our society is always telling us that, you know, burning out is almost like a rite of passage <laughs> to being successful, but it's yeah. not. Um, so how, so the collective is really about how do you help people understand that true wellness is about living in a way that lets people live and feel empowered to be who they are, no matter what state of disadvantage they may be in. Um, and you know, how, how do you help them find that harmony and balance that works for, for them and, you know, for you in this very present. And, um, and what I found is that the articles I curate are honestly reminders that I need for myself. <laughs> um, yeah. they're, they're what I need to hear in my day to day. Um, I hear it from my friends, my family, my colleagues. So that's really where I draw the inspiration from. Um, you know, they, I kind of, every time someone says something, I make a mental note. I'm like, okay, I'm going to find an article. Or, I mean, I need to create content around this to fill that gap because if some one person's feeling it, well, countless of other people are also feeling it too. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like there's such a, it's such an interesting time in kind of nutrition and wellness and like on the way that we're getting this information, especially online, because I feel like we're getting so much of it, but but then it's also like very conflicting or, uh, confusing and kind of a lot of black and white kind of, kind of Mm -hmm. messages. Um, So how have you kind of curated that as well? Like been, been able to, I think sometimes, I guess what I'm getting at is sometimes there's also like, I've heard that when you're building a brand that's based off off of like writing or written material, that sometimes even when you have like good intentions, that sponsorship or um, kind of like pay to play gets in the way of sometimes keeping with your maybe initial mission, if that makes sense, that maybe like certain headlines or certain topics might be 
more flashy as far as like clicks and views and that kind of a thing. So have you, have you kind of had to confront that debating maybe something that's a, like more of a profitable option versus um, something that maybe is like more true to your brand? Yeah. I mean, I haven't had, to, I haven't run into that issue because um, I've always made sure that every con like all the content and whatever business decisions I make are reflective of whatever mission that I'm trying to accomplish. So when it comes to like, you know, the types of content or articles, I just want to keep it in terms of a very expansive view of the nutrition, but also in a way that stays uh, true to the core of my values, which is really understanding that there, you know, you don't need to live in the extreme, Mm -hmm. um, in order to be well, um, you don't need to sacrifice things in order to achieve these goals. Um, so that's really at the core of all of my content. Um, I would never say that like my, you know, the collective is about intuitive eating, despite the fact that yes, we publish a lot on intuitive eating, but I would say it's a part, it has a, um, it has an overlapping value point with the message and that's why it is in there. So, um, so, and then when it comes to sponsorship and things like that, I've worked with a few brands, um, not necessarily with the collective, but through some events, but, you know, again, I always try to make sure that they have a reflexive mission in which they want to help a specific audience that I want to help. And it's very much the same kind of messaging. So, so that's always been, um, at the core of what I do or what I would like well seek to continue to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very apparent. I should say, <laughs> I don't, I, I just, um, I've heard from like other people who I know who have worked for like other media agencies that or media outlets that that can just be a tricky tricky piece of it or just like kind of freelance writing. Um, oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I that. And, and that's the way I've always kind of thought about building this, um, up as a media publication. Um, you know, even as, as I kind of continue down that road of working with brands, um, there has to be a proper alignment. Um, it's not just for the sake of touting a product or, um, or a brand just for the sake of saying, Oh, look, it's really cool. You know, it's like, I really want to understand, like, how are you trying to help people? And if that aligns, then I'm willing to, you know, I would love to see how we can work together and see if there is that opportunity. So kind of going off of that, what do health and wellness mean to you? And how do you see, um, the health and wellness space evolving in, in 2019 and in the future? Hmm. Good question. I think it kind of falls into in line with kind of what we just chatted about and, um, you know, health and wellness, it's, it's meant to be different for everyone, right? We're all on these kind of different paths. Um, we've all been dealt with a different hand in life, uh, whether it's genetically or um, also what we've been exposed to in our learnings and experiences. So it's really actually about honoring those differences, know where you come from, and then being able to live up to your own best potential, right? Not somebody else's defined version of that. Um, I think we tend to look externally, externally when we're feeling lost and, and kind of you know, figuring out our identities. Um, and I think health and wellness, it, that is very much an identity that we try to take on. Um, and, and so, so, you know, I, I think it's really important to be able to 
define your own rules of what you want to be, um, and what is successful for you. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, I already see this kind of, I think there, we're already seeing that emphasis around like ourselves, our individuality being reflected in a lot of health and wellness. Um, now, especially with, you know, the pause, um, like the body positive movements. Um, and, and I, I love seeing that, um, because it really, challenges people to understand, you know, life isn't about like trying to fit into these like cookie cutter boxes. Um, you know, you really want to try to seek within and, and kind of create an inner dialogue with yourself that is reflective of who you are. So that's what excites me, um, about the space and, and also just, you know, the more and more people I talk with in the space, whether it's like a, a company or a brand or individual, um, I think people are starting to recognize and understand the social implications and impact of their work and products. Um, there's this new level of consciousness and awareness. Um, and it's really exciting to see that people are recognizing that we're all con uh, connected in this continuum of life that we don't operate in these silos. So for me to continue doing my work, I'm really excited to continue to, you know, reach out and, um, and branching out and, and connecting with these people to, to, you know, fight for causes and advocate for them that we really believe in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so kind of wrapping up, we have a couple quick fire questions. Okay. Um, so what is your favorite type of nut butter and would it be crunchy or smooth? Definitely smooth. Okay. What kind of like nuts do you like in your nut butter? You know, I, I love peanut butter. Like I can't get enough of my perfect bars. <laughs> oh, so I have like 10 of them in my fridge at a time. <laughs> do you like the peanut butter one or? I do. I always That's get the my peanut butter also. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same. Um, are you a coffee or matcha or something else person? I love both. Um, okay. I love my coffee, but I love like my teas. So yeah, it's going to be both. <laughs> okay. And what kind of, do you like put anything specific in either of those? Mm, my favorite is to have um, my coffee with condensed milk. Ooh, <laughs> a little yeah. teaspoon of condensed milk. It's so yeah. delicious. Yeah. I love that. I feel like whenever I ask those two questions, like right after each other, I always sound like I'm like taking someone's breakfast order or something. <laughs> I feel like I should be like serving something right after it. Those are actually common breakfasts for me. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, are you a morning or a night person? Definitely a morning person now. It wasn't that way before, but, um, I've had to really kind of transition into that. Yeah. Do you have a favorite part of your daily routine, like in the morning or that you look forward to? Um, in the morning, I definitely love when I get up before everyone else. So my, my husband and kids are still in bed. Um, so I have that like quiet, peaceful time to myself. I drink my coffee. I kind of get ready for the day and I get to do it without having people like asking me for things. <laughs> but yes, I love that part in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yes. Like peaceful morning starts the day. What is something that you're currently obsessed with? So it can be like a food product, a person, a new research study, a phrase, anything. Um, so right now, um, going back to the nut butter, I am <laughs> um, actually really, really obsessed with, have you ever had a gem ambrosia? 
No. Um, it's J E M gem. Um, it's like this jar of like, it's, it's like a nut, it's like a smooth nut butter. I don't know what else they put in it, but there's like all these like spices. Like the one I always um, love is the cashew cardamom. Is that how you say it? Cardamom uh, oh, almond yeah. butter. And I drizzle that on my berries. Like I could just eat bowls and bowls of that. Like I just can't get enough of it. It's so good. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I love hearing about like new food products to try and stuff like that. So I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> amazing. So... And do you have um, any final thoughts before we wrap up? And where can people find you and keep up with WellSeek and all that you're up to? So some final thoughts. Um, You know, whatever you're doing in life, just let yourself be seen and heard for who you are. You're pretty damn amazing. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, that's pretty much, you know, my, I I would say, you know, that's what I always like to tell people because I think, you know, we, we just get stuck in thinking we're not good enough or we want to be like that person or whatever. And, but you're good enough just as is. You just need to look a little deeper. (laughs) Yes. That is such a good note to end on. Yay. (laughs) And yeah. Um, and of course, um, if you'd like to learn more about WellSeek, I mean, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Um, and if you ever want to check out our collective, it would be, um, just head over to wellseek.co. And then we also have resources for helping health professionals grow their businesses. Um, and that would be on wellseek.io. Awesome. Thank you so much, Monica. This was such a great conversation and I'm so glad that we could chat. Yeah, it was so great to finally chat with you. Thanks for having me on. Of course.